Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Today's topic is surviving cancer. I know it's a tough topic, but it's a great one to look at, and it's a wonderfully encouraging one when you have people who have walked the journey and can let you know what they know. Many years ago, after I married the fabulous Farmer Dean, I was able to move out to the middle of nowhere, I so fondly call it, and start my life on the farm with the man of my dreams. As I launched my career at yet another local church, I felt overwhelmed with all of the newness, new leaders, new rules, new plans, new programs, new music, new people. There were many days when I just wanted to walk into my old office with my old pastors, my old music, old programs, and my old congregation. But alas, that was not God's best for me. I was traveling on the journey he had prepared, and so I looked for anything that might light the way or bring comfort to my weary soul. With a new house, new husband, new school for my daughter, and my new job, I secured a faith-filled attitude and I headed into my new office. Once I got everything set up the way I felt comfortable, I checked my new email messages. There's a lot of newness here, isn't there? I had led exactly one worship service and I was still learning the ropes, but there on the screen was a lovely message. A 70-year-old woman was writing to encourage me. She loved the service, the music, and me. Later that week, Mary Anderstrom, later known to me, my family, and all of my friends as Grandma Mary, strolled in carrying a big caramel roll she'd pulled from the oven and a large glass of McDonald's tea. She had a big smile on her face and said, Hey, let's be friends. I'm here to take you to lunch. Over the next seven years, she became my dearest and closest friend. I often asked myself why I felt like the 70-year-old woman seemed more like 50 to me. She helped me with my work, prayed for me, loved my kids, and we had long talks and many lunches discussing the betterment of our church. I was a better person because of this lovely grandma. And then it happened. She called me to tell that her cancer was back with a vengeance. The following months produced long hours of listening and comfort bringing prayers. The surgery and chemo once again quieted the ugly face of the illness. But two years later, after that initial return of that terrible disease, I stood in the hospital room as my sweet 77-year-old friend heard the news again. It's back. I'm sorry, the doctor said. And my friend collapsed into tears. I put my arms around her and I let her cry and I heard her words as she said to me, I will no longer fight this battle, Kathy. I'm too tired. The months flew by as the cancer took over the steering wheel of her life and drove her to the end of her journey. I dusted, I cleaned, I made her favorite lunch and her favorite ginger snaps. We laughed, we cried, we read, we napped, we stared at the lake in the quietness of our own uncertainties. Each day I saw my friend slip further away, until one day her daughter called me and said, please come quickly, it's time. I drove in a frenzy to her house in time to hug her, kiss her, thank her, and express my love. She fought. She fought hard. But she could not beat the evil entity of the sickness that kills so many each and every day. Not every one of us is as lucky as I was. I had a friendship before cancer interfered. I watched my friend live life to the fullest, and then it was over. But I am fortunate, so fortunate, 
Just as many of your friends and family have battled, fought, and lost, we also have those friends and family who have battled, fought, and won. Grandma Mary once said, My cancer is aggressively attacking my body, and soon I will be meeting Jesus face to face. It will be on God's heavenly mountain. The Holy Spirit reveals that my God not only made the mountains, my God is the mountains. She always reminded me the sea in Christ is bigger bigger than the sea in cancer. Today we celebrate the lives of two of my sweet relatives and their journey through the big sea and their survivors of cancer. Well, joining me in the studio today to talk about being a cancer survivor is my son-in-law, Josh Iskerka. Josh, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Good. Well, thanks for being on the show. So, Josh, what, if any, symptoms did you have that led you to believe there was something wrong when you were diagnosed with cancer? I actually wasn't having any symptoms or anything relating to thyroid cancer whatsoever. Um, it started off with some pain in my back and neck area and then numbness in my arm. And just trying to figure out what that was from through MRIs, they noticed I had something pinched in my back. Um, and the thyroid cancer was actually unrelated. They just noticed some swelling and spots on some lymph nodes in one of the MRIs. So it kind of led to the discovery of it. So you actually did not have any symptoms at all and just was unrelated. And, and you ended up having thyroid cancer. Is that correct? Correct. It was something that was just kind of stumbled upon. And is thyroid cancer um, something that, you know, is a typical, like people get it? A lot of people, is it? Is it something that's, you know, very common? Um, it's, as I've learned, it's more common than people know about. Um, they don't know what causes it. Um, and it's more common in women than men. Um, but that's about as far as it goes. It's not something that they really know um, that you can change your lifestyle to prevent that kind of thing, I guess. Okay. And, and people have told me, and obviously with you being my son-in-law, we know that um, we heard that this is one of the treatable kinds of cancers. Is that right? Correct. I had papillary thyroid cancer, which that kind of cancer cell, um, they have a very um, high success rate in treating it. Okay, which is great to know. So you went surgery to remove your thyroid. I know that you went to Mayo. And your follow-up treatment was at that clinic. Um, what was so unusual about this, listeners, is that it coincided with Josh's involvement with a nonprofit organization called Movember. And tell us a little bit about that cause, Josh, and how it was a profound time to be connected with that nonprofit while you were journeying through your cancer. Um, well, it was the seventh year I had done the Movember. You've probably seen guys with mustaches. Um, it enables them when people ask them about it to talk about men's health. And I had raised funds before. Um, and I was actually diagnosed November 2nd. Um, so it was the beginning of November campaign. And um, I used it um, November, you get or create a page. I use that to post videos and kind of document my journey through it. And the response and donations was just overwhelming compared to years past. Oh, I love that, Josh. That's so great. And then it was kind of fun because, you know, one morning, a Sunday morning, we turned on the TV and there you were on the news. So what yep. happened with that? <laughs> Tell the listeners about that. Um, I actually raised the most money uh, for the Movember um, fundraiser for the Minnesota Wild. They had a little contest. And so after I won that, um, the local news did an interview and stuff and just a um, 
kind of let us know what was going on with the wild in November. That's wonderful. So, Josh, you were just at the Mayo a few weeks ago with a clean bill of health. Now, I know that you had treatment for this cancer. How long? That was from November to how long? Um, November, I had the surgery. We did a follow-up um, like a week after while we were down there. And then we went back in, I believe, February and then back again um, in June. Okay. And you got a clean bill of health. And now... Yep. You've got some exciting news because going through the journey of cancer led you to feel um, that you wanted to help other people. And I think that's such an incredible experience that when we go through something, then we've, you know, been able to grow and learn about whatever it is that we're traveling through. We want to help others. We want to bring them along. So tell us what what's happened to you and what you're doing now to turn things around. Um, While I was going through it, we received... um a check in the mail just out of the blue from somebody we didn't know, and it said it was to help with expenses as far as hotel, gas, traveling, food when we're down there, um, away from home, anything. And it was just great to receive that. So I want to be able to do the same thing. So I am in the process of starting um, the Fighters Foundation, um, just registering and applying for all the stuff I need to now to be able to do the same thing. Um, I'm going to have a fundraiser this November again. and just see what I can do with it. I love it. So you will find the same kind of thing, people that are needing encouragement that are going through cancer yep. and, and need help. Yep. So and, and it's called the Fighters Foundation? Yes. That's wonderful. So we're going to want to hear more about that when you get that up and running. And listeners, if you're thinking that you want to be able to donate, we'll have some more information coming up in the next few months when Josh has got everything settled and, of course, We'll let you know about raising funds for that in November. Josh, what can you tell people um, before you go today? What can you let them know about this experience that you know? You're going to feel down. You're going to feel like you don't know what to do. Um, You don't know what's going to happen. I think the hardest thing is not knowing. Um, When they first tell you that, I didn't know what thyroid cancer was. And you hear the word cancer, and it's just, probably one of the most devastating words that anybody could ever say to you um, is that you have it. And I guess just have faith and stay strong and lean on your family. They'll be there for you. And whatever God has planned for you is what's going to happen. That sounds great. And listeners, we want to encourage you today that if you've just received the news that you have cancer or a spouse or a child, that you're not alone, that God is always with you through that process, that other people, friends and neighbors they have experienced that same journey and it's always great to learn from other people. So Josh, thanks so much for being on the show and for your encouragement. Congratulations on being cancer free and thank you for what you're going to do to help other people. Thanks for having me. Listeners, if you're just tuning in today, you're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth and we've been talking with my son-in-law, Joshua Iskerka, about surviving cancer and the great results that he's had have really propelled him into creating his own nonprofit that will help other survivors and other people dealing with cancer. Coming up, we'll be talking with Dr. Kara Arney, who's also a cancer survivor. But first, let's listen to Dr. Justin with his thoughts about your best health and preventative methods for trying to keep away from that awful sea, cancer. One of the most frightening words in the dictionary is cancer. And it's even more scary to hear you have cancer. Although research on preventing and eliminating cancer is not 100% 
we do know that early detection has the best results and many preventative measures do exist. One of the most successful cancer prevention and increasing survival rate measures we know of is preventative yearly blood work. Every single adult should have blood work done every single year. Also, this blood work is covered at 100% on almost all insurance plans. Preventative blood work such as complete blood count, CBC, comprehensive metabolic panel, CMP, lipid panel, hemoglobin A1C, and thyroid stimulating hormone, TSH, can help you and your doctor and give abundance of information. With yearly blood work, one can monitor changes in many different tests and hopefully detect health conditions before they become a life-threatening disorder. Other yearly preventative exams are mammograms and breast exam for breast cancer, pap smear for cervical cancer, digital exam and prostate-specific antigen blood tests for prostate cancer, and yearly physical exam for head, neck, and skin cancers. Cancer loves acidic environments. Many foods we eat help create an acidic environment within our bodily systems. Foods like refined sugar, dairy, coffee, gluten, and peanuts increase the acidity of our internal environment. We can counteract these foods with fruits, vegetables, raw almonds, eggs, and omega-3 oils. Eating less acidic producing foods and more basic or alkaline foods will help balance out the systems. To help reduce one's risk of getting cancer, the additions of vitamins and minerals may be beneficial. Substances like carotenoids, antioxidants such as selenium and vitamin C and E, along with other vitamins like vitamin A and K, are believed to reduce one's risk of getting cancer. Lycopene, a substance in tomatoes, has been linked with protecting against several forms of cancer. Adding dietary fiber to one's diet or a supplement regimen has been shown to reduce the risk of colorectal and other cancers. Cancer may be a scary word, but with proper screening and lifestyle, one can reduce their risk for being diagnosed and increase their chance for survival. Yours in health, Dr. Justin Hildebrand. Here's Jill Phillips with a little grace and peace. All the weary, tired souls full of hunger Needing something that fills All the thirsty that heard about living water Need a way to the well It's a strange crowd But still
listeners, if you're just tuning in today, you're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth, and we're talking today about being cancer survivors. And I've got my friend and, and sister-in-law, Kara Arney, here with me today, and she's a doctor of chiropractic. So I wanted to just ask her a little bit about the angle of surviving cancer, and she's going to tell us a little bit about that, but what it's like when you're a mom. So let's start in with Kara. Kara, welcome to the show. Hi, Kathy. Thanks for having me. Kara, could you explain to the listeners when you were diagnosed with your cancer and and what types of cancer were you battling? You know, I was 28 when I was diagnosed with uh, vaginal cancer. Uh, my children were three and five at the time. And um, my second bout of cancer, I was diagnosed one month after turning 40, and that was thyroid cancer that had metastasized to my lungs. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And what did they what did they tell you? Were there symptoms with either one of those or Yeah, with the vaginal cancer, Kathy, I just had um a bunch of hemorrhaging and I had already had a hysterectomy at that time, so there was, you know, by the grace of God it, the the cancer actually eroded to the surface instead of growing internally. And um I had a couple different surgeries and then the final third surgery was actually a uh, vaginal reconstruction. Okay. And um, but with my thyroid cancer, um, they removed my thyroid, and um, I did the radioactive iodine treatment, and I did some uh, non-FDA approved hormonal injections down at Mayo Clinic. Okay. So after that first bout with cancer, and you had that, and you were younger, um, was it easier to navigate through the process when you were diagnosed with a thyroid cancer? You know, since it was a different one, or was it still the same scary, awful, horrific thing because it's cancer? You know, I would have to say that it was actually worse the second time around than the first one because once you've had cancer, um, whether it reappears as the same cancer or it shows up in a different part of your body, um, you, you really get a hopeless feeling like, okay, I'm really out of control because you can't control when tumorous cells grow. and of so. Course. It was actually worse to be diagnosed the second time. Oh, I'm so sorry. So with being a mom of the two sons, um, you were obviously very busy and you discovered this cancer. How did it affect you as a parent in your family? How, how was that, you know, how did you relate to this whole situation with your kids? How did you deal with it? Well, the first time I, you know, just basically swept it underneath the rug. It wasn't something that I felt that at age three and five that my boys were um, capable of understanding sure. what that was, you know, what was going on in my body. And also because of the location of that cancer, I didn't know how to explain to them in a way that they would understand at three and five what vaginal cancer was. But as they were older, you know, when I was diagnosed with the thyroid cancer, um, I was completely upfront and honest with them from the very beginning. And that included not only how I was feeling, but my emotional capabilities and what it was I could do and I couldn't do um, as a mom for them at that time. Okay. And did you feel like um, with a second bout of cancer that you were able to relate to that differently with them because they were older? I mean, was it helpful to you to to be able to have them be older or was it harder because you wanted to protect them? You know, it because they were older, it was helpful, and it was then that they found out that this wasn't my first rodeo with sure. cancer, so sure. to speak. 
So, um, and they were a lot more understanding. Unfortunately, you know, adolescent boys, and in, in given the fact that I was a single mom, I, I really felt like they had to grow up a lot faster of course. than what I saw their friends, you know, prog- how I saw their friends progressing. Mm-hmm. I think at maturity level, they they suddenly had an idea of what mortality looked like and what um, having fragile health looked like. So let's talk a little bit about what it's like to be going through this. You know, you're having surgery, you're trying to deal with the aftercare, and you're a single mom, you know, with these kids. Um, At any time, did you feel like you had people that came around you, family, friends, neighbors, that helped you during this period of time? And what did you feel was the most help that you received? You know, I think... If I could just spin it around to what wasn't helpful, sure, <laughs> there was absolutely. a lot of people that, you know, even though you felt just horrible, um, you know, and you had absolute zero energy, you were just so fatigued um, and so nauseated, the people that would come by and they would say, oh, you look great, or, oh, you're doing such a great job, you, you, must, be, you must be feeling better, and, you know, that wasn't helpful because it just wasn't necessarily validating what would have been more helpful is is for someone to say you know are you feeling okay or you know and kind of just gently open the door instead of making an assumption that you were better because it 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 builds some kind of resentment because you think oh, I'm feeling so awful and they think I look great right, so right. Um, but the things that people how people approached me um, particularly the second time around, because like I said, the first time around, I pushed it under the rug, and only family was really aware of what was going on. Um, the second time, um, you know, people people were very supportive in terms of offering up prayer and um, just being a listening ear, and even somebody offering to come over and do your laundry was such a blessing. Mm, that sounds wonderful, and I think that's a great way to look at it because as we're talking about cancer today listeners there are times when we have relatives friends neighbors who are going to be experiencing this and you think oh i want to cheer them on you look great and it's so good to hear kara that that's not really the important thing you know and and not comforting um but what was were you know simple prayers and being able to do something like throw in laundry those are great ideas being in the middle of cancer and now being a cancer survivor how did your illness affect your relationship with God? Were you angry? Were you disappointed? Or, you know, did things balance out with you? Tell us a little bit about that. You know, um, that was really probably the most um, beneficial time in my life is when I was sick the second time with cancer in terms of my relationship with God. Um, you know, I wrestled with him. I, I was angry. I cried out to him. I was Job. I was, you know, Moses saying, you want me to do what? You know, I've got these kids, you know, all of those things. It, it really was at that time that I built the intimacy as on all three levels of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, you, you cry out to God and you say, okay, I'm your child. And then a lot of times you were just, you know, Jesus, I need you to walk with me. And then, you know, Holy Spirit, I need your energy. I need you to breathe that life force inside of me so that I can go to work or I can, you know, go to a baseball or football game. 
so those were those were the times that I felt like my relationship with the Lord increased despite the adversity and the trial. Those are great, great examples and, and a wonderful answer to that question. So if there are listeners out there today and they've just found out that they have cancer or they're walking through, they're in the middle, they're getting treatments, or maybe that they're at the end of it and they've, um, you know, they're experiencing that wonderful feeling of relief because they're cancer free for now. What would you tell people? What's one last thing that you could say that would encourage people through that battle and journey of cancer? I would actually encourage people to be grateful for the experience because having walked through it, coming through that other side, you are so grateful for the many, many small things in life that you absolutely take for granted, you know, for every sunset or sunrise or, you know, gardens in bloom or anything like that. You just, you just look at life differently. And being grateful and just trusting that this experience has been given to you to become a better person. Mm, Wonderful. Listeners, what an incredible encouragement that's given to us from Dr. Kara Arney. And Kara, I just want to take one quick minute and tell our listeners that we're so grateful as a family for you because you've been an incredible encouragement. You've been an incredible example And you're really wonderful with my three girls, Janessa, Chandra, and Alexis, and their husbands and the kids. So thanks for being a part of this family. We're so grateful that right now you're doing better, that you're cancer-free, that you're um, here, that you're helping, that you're living, that you're just teaching us what you know. So thanks for being on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And um, I just would like to tell the viewers that, you know, God God is real and God is close and No matter what you're going through, that's the only thing that you have. Well, that was Dr. Kara Arney just giving us some insight on surviving cancer and what that looks like with your family, with how your relationship ends up with God. So thanks so much for being on the show. Friends, if you haven't been through cancer personally, I'm sure you've had friends, families, coworkers, neighbors, people around you who have been affected by it. We need to be aware of others and their circumstances. God gives us the opportunity to become the hands and feet of Christ. We can do this each and every day. We can extend our hearts in love and help others to know the true love of the Father. Can you help? Can you mow a lawn, make a meal, have a fundraiser, or join one of the many walks to battle against cancer? Can you sit with someone and pray? Can you do the laundry, take them to the doctor's appointment, or make a phone call? Imagine if this was you and you were experiencing illness. Wouldn't you want, wouldn't you need help? It's important that we live our lives outside of just our own little worlds. It's time to put others first. Do what we can to encourage so that next time we have someone in our lives saying, hey, let's be friends. We'll know that friendship isn't just for convenience. It's for life. God orchestrates friendships. Make the most of being a help to those around you. It'll get you to a better place on your road to becoming the best version of you. Let me pray with you today. Dear Jesus, for our friends who are cancer-free, we give you praise and honor for your healing hand. For friends and relatives who are struggling right now, today, with cancer, help us to open our hearts and minds and create open spaces in our schedules to be helpful, loving, and supportive. Help us be your hands and feet. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Friends, if you enjoy this podcast, I would love to have you log right onto iTunes and rate this show and give us a great rating because we want to be able to spread the great word and this good message of positive, exciting encouragement. Thanks for listening. If you missed last week's show, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes at Kathy Weckworth, your best. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best.